Hello, good afternoon and welcome to uh, the Football Digest podcast, a Euro special edition. So you'll have to put up with us for quite a few times a week, actually. Um, hope you'll join us and I hope you'll enjoy it and uh, and be equally as buoyed every day as I'm feeling today after England's fabulous victory over Croatia. Uh, what a really positive way to start the tournament that was for Gareth Southgate and his players in front of a, uh, a crowd at Wembley um, uh, I think that not many of us could have imagined a few few months ago so it's fantastic that it's finally upon us and uh, and welcome also to to the uh, to the gang Andy Dunn Chief Sports Writer of the Daily Mirror Jeremy Cross Chief uh, Sports Writer of the Daily Star and Matt Dunn Football Aficionado at the Daily Express um, good afternoon to you guys thanks for, thanks for joining us and um, and what a fantastic way to start, really, the tournament has been. It has been a really, I think, exciting tournament thus far in general. But there's nothing quite like an England victory. Talking from an England-centric point of view, which we unashamedly do um, on this show, anyway. And uh, and Andy, what what did you make of yesterday? What what, what are the what are the real positive from your perspective? Do you think? Well, the positives. I think the overriding positive is that. You know, England at home, first game of a major tournament, you know, a nation expecting. And so the, the, there was a, a fair degree of pressure on both England and the manager, Gareth Southgate, to get it right. He was bold enough to to come up with a plan, which, you know, didn't um, initially appeal to everyone. But, you know, he stuck to his guns. He had a plan and the plan worked, you know. And on top of that, probably each and every one of the players sort of responded to that pressure and they cope with it. You know, they looked as though they could cope with it and they were playing, don't forget, you know, a good Croatia team. You know, the, the idea that this Croatia team is somehow like, you know, a, 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 a sort of on a term, some sort of terminal decline is nonsense. I think you'll see that when they play their remaining two group games. Um, so that was the overriding positive is, is that England um, responded to the pressure, performed pretty much I wouldn't say to the best of their ability, but, you know, p- performed, you know, pretty much up to standard. And what's more, actually saw out the game, you know, saw out the game well. You know, there wasn't really those sort of anxious moments towards the end of the game. You know, Croatia probably had a little bit more of the ball than Southgate would have liked. England may have dropped a little yeah. deeper than he might have liked, but not much. They didn't really have any serious alarms. So I think... You know, all in all, that that is the positive, is that England look like they will be able to cope with the pressure of what is, of course, essentially, um, you know, majority a home tournament for them and with the expectations that come with playing three group games at Wembley. And, of course, that the what on paper is their most difficult game is now out of the way and they've got three points. And, you know, while obviously mathematically it's not certain, qualification now looks, I wouldn't say a formality, but... But you know, but but pretty, pretty I mean, I mean a, a great probability. So all in all, hard to see many negatives. I'm sure we'll come on to what could be better. But in terms of out and out negatives, none. Positives, loads of them. Matt, a, a couple of times, three times, I've caught a glimpse of your cup there. Absolutely, it's flag of St George. Now, if anyone's getting patriotic. It, then it must be you. Well, Jeremy, it's an egg sandwich. And um, it's, uh, I mean, 
you know, are you getting giddy, Matt? Are you getting carried away with, 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 with you know, rah, rah, England? Are we going to win it? Again, again, giddy doesn't really suit me. But, um, but no, I'm getting excited. I thought I was pleased with what we saw. Um, yeah, we weren't outstanding, but everybody did what they had to do. Jordan Pickford looked like an international goalkeeper at the end of the game, for instance. So there were no wobbles. There was that one that dipped under his crossbar and you wondered if he'd have a Merseyside derby of it. But he didn't. And Jude Bellingham came on and looked strong. Um, you know, everywhere that you weren't expecting to see anything particularly great, everyone did their job. Calvin Phillips, the most controversial selection in many people's eyes, was the man of the match. So Gareth Southgate's obviously done his homework uh, and we know he does that. Uh, and everything was right. Everything box was ticked and, and yeah it could as Andy said it could have been better in areas and I think it will be because I think he's picked a team in that first game with a view to having a slightly different di- team for Scotland which I'm sure we'll get onto later mm. Mm. No, Absolutely uh, Jeremy it's, it's incredible isn't it that it's England's first win and therefore their best Art 2 Euros campaign in their ninth it's the first time they've won at their opening match in nine tournaments in this particular group format, which just seem absolutely remarkable, doesn't it? It's also Raheem Sterling's first goal in a, in a, in a, in a major tournament. I mean, you know, I, I know we talk about Calvin Phillips, but there was a bit of chatter, wasn't there, before the game about whether Raheem Sterling was was the right choice. You know, some people not not entirely convinced. He had a super game, though, didn't he? And he really you know, really showed what he's about. And he's, he's he, you know, he's always been good for Gareth Southgate, hasn't he? Yeah, I think I think that's why he's picked, actually, because he had a difficult end to the season with City, obviously lost the Champions League final in a game where he really didn't do a lot. You know, Rhys James had him in his pocket for, for most of that game. So I, I think we discussed the team selection, didn't we, and disagreed on it. Um, last week, I wouldn't have started Sterling just because I didn't think he was playing that well. But like you said, he's always played well for England. Um, which is a great asset to have, especially for Southgate. I think Southgate picked him out of loyalty a bit, really, yesterday, and needed a big performance from him. And obviously, he got the winning goal, but he started the game really well. England were really bright to begin with, and I think he embodied that that positive start. You know, he showed some great touches and vision down the left-hand side and um, looked a real threat from the start and took his goal with great composure. So that's massive for England and Southgate because if Sterling can get his confidence back... You know that's a huge asset to have in that front front three. So uh, that's one of the biggest positives I think from um, from yesterday. And yeah, it's, it, it is odd that we've never won an opening game, but let's hope that this is a good omen. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Tell you what, John. While while we're on the Sterling subject, and 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 you know Jeremy's right in, in the Sterling didn't have a great second half to the to the season. You know, wasn't actually electric in the first half either. To be perfectly honest. But don't you think now what, what what we're seeing is is really Gareth Southgate? I mean, this could be this could be one you know a, a great example of brilliant man management. You know, he, he in the in the couple of weeks, you know, the two or three weeks that have passed, and since that, just over two weeks that have passed since that Champions League final, I think that what what Southgate has done is made it a mission to rebuild Sterling's confidence. You know, he's never bought into this idea as much as we've asked him. He's never given any credence to this idea that, you know, Sterling is a player out of form. You know, even if he thinks that publicly, mm. he hasn't bought into that idea. There's never been any suggestion, really. Although 
a lot of people have said, you know, how can Sterling play because he's out of form? You know, there's never been any suggestion really from within the camp that Southgate was going to do that. You know, there's loads of pundits saying he shouldn't play, but all the information from the camp was that Southgate would stick with Raheem Sterling. You know, no one, no one had any information to the contrary. And from within the camp, you got the feeling that Southgate was actually thinking, you know what, he is one of my most important players and I'm going to spend this build-up making sure that he feels valued, that he feels that, that he's not under threat. You know, when he was asked Sterling in that in the media open day, you know, he pretty much was, you know, he's very laid back and said, well, what will be, will be. But you sort of got the feeling that he knew that, 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 that Southgate, that he was Southgate's man. And I think it's been a brilliant bit of management from, from Southgate. I also think practically he needs him. I had him in my side because I think that, you know, if you played Foden, Grealish and Kane as a front three, you've got no pace really to get in behind. And I think on several occasions yesterday, Sterling's, Sterling's short burst of pace made the difference, you know, from that throw-in early on where where he darted away from his guy and set up Phil Foden who hit the post. Sterling, dart, you know, and the run itself for the goal. You know, the run itself is a run that basically, I wouldn't say only Sterling could make, but that's a typical Sterling run. Mm. You know, it's brilliant from, from Phillips, but the run also, you, you know, made the goal. And I think, you know, so, so on that level, I think that's why Southgate um, picked him because he's capable of that. But also, I just think he knows that, that like, you know, he, he can be a game changer. He can cause problems, you know, that, that, that burst of pace. And I just think it's been really, really good the way Southgate has, has managed Sterling. And, and you know, all, all the way through the international career, even from the, from the time when he, when he obviously, you know, left him out, dropped him for disciplinary reasons for one game after the Joe Gomez incident, you know, he was straight back in, you, you know, and, and Sterling, you know, took that on the chair, no complaints. And I think that I think that the, the Raheem Sterling we see with England is a great reflection on Southgate's man management skills. And I think you know he he could just you know Sterling could play the best football in a year in these European Championships for England. And and if he does, then it's you know a lot of that credit has to go to the manager. Also, John, I think what Southgate deserves a lot of credit for is reminding us all what a strong manager he is in terms of. Mm. He's, he's not afraid to make decisions he believes are right. You know, he won't sway to public opinion. Yeah. I'm sure he reads and hears a lot of things said about who should be picked, who shouldn't. But look, you know, most people would have liked probably to have seen Jack Grealish start yesterday. And he didn't didn't bow to that. He obviously thought yeah. that wasn't the right way to go. He left him out. He knew he'd probably, if they lost the game, and get a lot of stick for that. But, you know, you've got to admire someone who's got such courage in his convictions. Yeah. He obviously picked a controversial decision with Trippier. Mings was Mings was a risk, you know, because he'd not played well in the warm-up games. So you, you got to you got to Lord Southgate for that. Fair play to him, you know. He's been strong in his own mind about what he wants to go, how he wants to go, and obviously it, it, it worked for him yesterday. And you know, look, if, if they'd have lost yesterday, we'd be giving him pelters. He'd be getting he'd be getting sick from all directions. So I think you've got to give the guy credit yeah. when he's when he comes yeah. up the corner like Dunny says he believes will work. It does work, and and, and they win the game. I don't know if any of you saw, but when the team was first announced without Greenish in it, um, hashtag Southgate out was trending. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't see that. I didn't see Yes, it it was. That's right. My hashtag Southgate was was trending as was hashtag um, two DMs, Um, you know, two defensive midfielders was also hashtag as in why the hell do we need two defensive midfielders? And then when, 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 as as the game 
um, progressed as the game evolved, it was clear they weren't two defensive midfielders. You, you know, Phillips was playing essentially as a box-to-box midfielder, along with Mounds while while Rice sat deep. You know, and, and that was a great master plan. And 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 Jez is right. You, you know, they were they were. I mean, basically, the word that you, that you'd have for his selection yesterday was ballsy. I mean, it was ballsy. Mm-hmm. You, you know, putting Trippier at left back. You know, was you know, considering all the discussion that's gone on about you know Gareth Southgate and his fullbacks, you know, he, he's sort of. I mean, I wouldn't say you know he's not sticking two fingers up, but he's but he's saying like, you no, know, this is this is this is the way I want to play, and this is the way I'm I'm going to play. I think he's the best defender, so I'm going to play. I'm going to play him at left back. So it was. Jeremy's right. He, he's like you know he's had the courage of his convictions, you know, which I'm not entirely sure he he always has had. You know, I, I do think there are, and again, we can come on to issues that. You know, he might have to confront and might have to make big decisions. You know, and sometimes, for example, at World Cup 2018, I think he did make mistakes, for example. Certainly in the semi-final, I thought Harry Kane was on the field for too long. And I don't think that Southgate mm. really had the, um, should have taken him off. I think I understand why he didn't, but it would have been a brave decision. But I think it's one he should have made. But but that was a brave selection yesterday and it's paid mm. off. Yeah. Matt, Matt, I was interested in that. I do think, Gareth, you know, I don't know that, I don't know that he reads every word, but he's, there's a few things that have irked him in the last I don't know, <laughs> few months. And it's it's obvious, therefore, then that, you know, even though he says not, that he basically probably does, you know, yeah. the, the, the criticism over Trent Alexander-Arnold, you know, he, he seemed to devour, he knew about every story. Yeah. He knew about one particular right. story, didn't he, about sort of, and went, and went for it, uh, which did leave me thinking, by the way, actually, Gareth, a bit, a bit unfair there. There's only one person that made yeah. it to get Trent Alexander-Arnold feel, um, you know, feel insecure, and that was you by leaving him out in March. Yeah. I, I mean, it's ridiculous, really, but, you know, and then there's, you know, a lot of, there's a lot of backlash when he first included Jude Bellingham. Well, that doesn't look so stupid now, but uh, Southgate was definitely aware of that, and they're basically... So he is, a, he is aware of it, isn't he? But it's quite, you know, I wouldn't expect a manager to kind of get sucked into that. But he equally, when you see that criticism before, that questioning of, of, of a selection like Trippier, it's got to affect you a little bit, isn't it? It's got to be in, in your mind a bit, hasn't it, Southgate? Uh, I mean, uh, us guys who write in the newspapers and generate these headlines, we've all watched football for a long time. And I'm sure Southgate, respects our views as someone who's watched football for a long time, but, but no more or less than that. Um, mm. You know, but I think he'll take it on board and then he'll speak to the people he really trusts, Steve Holland and the rest of his team. And mm. I'm sure they'll mull over, you know, or they're saying that we're, and they'll say, well, no, actually we're doing, you know, they say we shouldn't play with two defensive midfielders. Well, actually we're going to do that to have someone with the energy to keep mm. uh, mod- quiet in the early stages and then have the, be able to, you know, Surprise Croatia, go box box. That's their worked out plan. That's that's what I like about Southgate. He's not like, as I think you said last time, Roy Hodgson insisting that there was no way Rashford was going to the Euros and then picking him. And it's it's not just made up on the hoof like you sometimes have seen England players, yeah, England managers do uh, over over time. It's actually been thought out. They've looked at the various alternatives and they've picked the best one. So he's considered playing with one defensive midfielder, no doubt about it. He's gone mm. through all the discussions and decided, no, on balance for that first game against Croatia, that's what we needed to do. Uh, and, and he got it right, you know, and it's ultimately it's a judgment call. But, you know, and it was, I thought it was interesting he took Kane off right at the end, though, because he, like Andy said, he wasn't doing that in 2008. Mm. 
Yes. Uh, he needed a rest. He wasn't really shutting anyone down or whatever in those last few minutes. Uh, and But, you know, he took his captain off, which is a sign yeah. that we've moved on as a country, mm. that we're not just relying on one man now. Uh, and that it is a sort of healthier position for us all to be in. Yeah. One, well, why, why didn't Kane work yesterday? Because let, let's be honest, guys, in, in the in the formation, I mean, it's ridiculous. I was driving home from Wembley last night and, you know, someone really should know better is suddenly asking a pundit, should we thinking about the unthinkable, which was dropping Harry Kane? I mean, please, <laughs> I please. That as well. <laughs> I mean, you know, do me a favour and trying to dress it up as kind of, oh, yeah, I'm not calling for that. I'm questioning whether. I mean, please, you know, you know what I'm talking about, Andy, don't you? Yes, I mean, come on, it's just stupid that yeah. but you know it's the, 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 the politician question did give that short shrift didn't he he did say no yeah he did not, yes. he did he did well yeah. done Dean Ashton but uh <laughs> but it, you know you're sort of giving it away now Johnny <laughs> but yeah uh, I mean really you know I mean but it's you know Harry Kane for me is just absolutely yeah. undroppable and, uh, the yeah, system yeah. didn't work for him didn't it did it no break it down for us Andy why didn't it work well, why didn't away for Harry Kane? I mean, one, it, it was—I mean, it was a tough day. It was a tough day for him to, you know, in, in terms of conditions were tough. I actually think one of the reasons it also didn't work is that I'm not sure that it works with Phil Foden there. Now, you know, after ten minutes, you know, again, if you'd probably gone on Twitter, you know, Phil Foden would have been trending. Um, after that, you know, basically, mm. I mean, he, he really didn't have much of an impact in the game and he himself was um, substituted. And I personally don't think it worked. You know, you know for me, and when I when I nominated my team ahead of the game, I would have gone with Grealish instead of Foden. And I would have gone um, Sterling, Kane, Grealish. I think Grealish will get the best out of Harry Kane. I really do. I, I, I just think there looks a connection there. I think he's a bit more dynamic than Foden. Foden's a brilliant player. I don't think that position suited him. I don't think he got any joy there coming in, really, apart from that one moment early on from the right-hand side of that three. Um, I think he'd be better in behind the front three. And I don't think that particularly worked. I don't think the, the any combination, well, I don't think there was really any combination between Phil Foden and Harry Kane. And going forward, that is something I think the Southgate should look at. I genuinely would. That would be the change I would make. I think Grealish added into that mix, along with Sterling and with Kane through the middle, or, or in behind Kane, if they played like 4-2-3-1, essentially. I think that that would work, rather than the 4-3-3 with Foden on the right. So, I mean, it seems, again, it seems like, we, again, when I when my team was, my suggested team was in the Sunday paper, I had all my mates saying, like, you know, were you drinking yesterday? Like, you know, um, you know, what well, were you I'll drinking? Yeah. Were you drinking the <laughs> it happens, but I've written a team before I had a pint. But, um, but, but, but I didn't have Phil Foden in the team. And, and they were like, you know, some sort of mistake. Where's Phil Foden? And I had Grealish in instead because I, I, I always thought, I think that it's hard to get Foden and Grealish in. And I certainly knew that Gareth Southgate wouldn't be playing Foden and Grealish in the team. And I think that is one of the reasons why it didn't work. I don't think the Foden-Kane um, combination produced anything. Also, of course, you had with Mount and Phillips, uh, well, certainly with Phillips, more advanced than we thought. Um, you know, Kane was dropping deep and there wasn't much space in there. I mean, but, you know, I haven't said that. It, it, it's, you know, things didn't quite work out for Kane. He didn't get that much service. So, you know, and those games can happen. It was that type of game. It, it was quite attritional in, in, in parts. So, you know, there, there weren't many clear chances, really, for for many. 
So, you know, it was just one of those games where, where it, in a way, it was always going to be difficult. But I, I think overall, that three, if we sort of say, which they pretty much did, didn't they? They played a sort of 4-3-3 or almost, I don't know, almost with Rice deep, and it, it, it was sort of like 4-1-2-3. You, you call it what you want, really. But but essentially, I'm not sure that combination of um, Sterling, Kane and Green and, and Foden um, worked to Kane's benefits, let's put it that way. Mm, yeah, sure. I just wonder whether, uh, so just on that, on sure. whether Foden didn't have the impact that he perhaps might have done, because Carl Walker seemed to be having a mental aberration when he got. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he had mark. his boots on the wrong way round. He kept shanking everything. He reminded me of. He reminded of me on the golf course. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, yeah. And I just don't think Foden was seeing as as much of the ball as he would normally do. No. Yeah, so the balls down the right just weren't coming to him. Uh, and I think if Foden gets the ball a bit more wider, then Kane has a bit of space to attack the near post, the far post, as Kane did when he literally attacked the post. Um, yeah. In half. Um, it was a bad day when the post tackled him, wasn't it? Well, <laughs> well yeah. You <laughs> say he didn't do much, he hit the post. Um, uh, you know, he slid in there, but we didn't get many balls wide, and that's because Trippier mm. uh, did have his, well, he had his wrong legs on. Um uh, because because obviously he's always turning back. Uh, and, and Foden wasn't getting the ball because Carl Walker, for whatever reason, I think he was overthinking things or or whatever, just couldn't didn't seem to be able to get pass away. So yeah, I think yeah. that I, I also think Grealish I also think the work that Foden did early in the game to to keep um Croatia in their own half was a work rate that is what Southgate wants to see from Grealish. And I don't think we'd have been successful in keeping them back with Grealish in the side in those early exchanges. Interesting, he was just warming up. So I think he's going to take some sort of an assist as he's the the nation's greatest player, Andy. He does. It wasn't warming up that got the crowd going, singing Super Jack. Super Jack, just before Raheem scored, Super Jack, Super Jack. Worth at least an assist. No Um, great assist, maybe. No, no coincidence at all. But you're right on the work rate. I mean, I noticed that, that Gareth was at pains to point out that, you know, not only the Sterling score, but his work without the ball was exceptional. And I think every time Gareth Southgate mentions work without the ball, you also, you, you're you almost thinking this is some sort of message to sorry, Jack. Jack Grealish. Yeah, sorry, Jack. You may be brilliant, but you don't do enough graft. Um, and maybe, I, I, and I get that point. I, 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 I take that. I take that point. But I just don't think It'll be better. It, it would be better balance with Grealish in that three, but you know we'll, we'll wait and see. As I hinted, I do. Think I the, I do. The plan was to go with Grealish against Scotland because I think they're going to take. Do you? breaking down? Mm. I think that was partly. Yeah. You know that's it, why come on, perhaps. I just wonder yeah. whether they wanted him to save him and say no. He's already told. He's almost already told him. You know you're going to get the nod because yeah. we are going to coming to to break that. be interesting if he changes the team for Scotland. I think it will be interesting. I must say, I don't think fullbacks necessarily worked, you know, for for example, on a general theme. Because if you're playing with two inverted wingers, really, they always did. The temptation is cut inside. England, I thought, did lack width. You know, on one side, you've got Trippier, who's obviously tendency is to come into the right. You've got Walker, who I don't think had a you know particularly good game on the ball only means as as touched on it does raise the question doesn't it even though you've put on a really good strong efficient uh, mature victory in performance um, against Croatia do you change it do you change it against 
you know, Scotland. I, I, I think it's interesting that I think that potentially, I don't know what you think, guys, that basically Gareth Southgate probably will. I think I don't, I can't see that every player, you know, you know, if there's one player you suspect might, you know, if England go all the way, no one player would surely play 90 minutes of all seven games, maybe apart from Harry Kane, but Harry. you can't even do that now because he's hooked at the end. So, you know, <laughs> it's, um, no, it is going to be, it's, it's you know, uh, sort of a short tournament, isn't it? And I think they're, they're determined to manage and rest and rotate, and that might upset a few, but I think it's the way forward, isn't it? Rather satisfyingly, right at the end, the stats came up. England ran in that intense heat 100 kilometres and 10 metres. So between them, they've run 100k uh, in wow. that heat. A 5k more, I think 4k more than the Croatians did. Um, yeah. He's got to change, you know, I think he'll make three changes at least. Uh, yeah. Just because we won't have the situation that we did in the World Cup, where we got through the two games and then just rested them all and lost all sorts of momentum, mm. I make the changes more gradually because mm. that was a disaster against Belgium. I still think, uh, yeah, changing the team's whole scale because it just lost all momentum just as we were getting going. I think he'll rather change three or four mm. and then another three and four and then take stock and then we start seeing the best eleven play the knockout games. I think what they'll do, John, is you, you can't. I think Rashford said it in an interview last week. Anyone who thinks you can win a tournament with 11, 12 players is, is deluded. You just, yeah. you know, also you're coming off the back of a, a long season. You know, these guys have played 60 odd games, especially the guys who play for the league clubs who've gone deep into Europe. So I think Matt's right. You're going to, you can't pick the same team against Scotland, but I think what he'll do is the, some positions are nailed on, as we know. So, He's going to tweak with the, like the Grealish situation, you know. Obviously, he's such a good player. You can't, he's going to figure at some point in the tournament. So he's going to have to give him some game time. Um, you know, what does he do? Does he does he play Rashford against the Scots? Does, does he give mm. him a start? You know, he values him very. We've, we've we've supposedly got to fit Henderson, haven't we? Yeah, we were. Someone's asked the question there, Jonathan. Alba's asked the question: Do you see Henderson back in the lineup if he's healthy? Um, you know, I, I mean, you, you're looking at that, and I've just been writing a piece this morning, and 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 no, I mean, it's hard to see. I know it's only based on one game. I know Croatia, where in some people's eyes, slightly disappointing, but it's hard to see that axis of Phillips and Rice being 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 split up, isn't it? I mean, it really mm. is. And I think if, if you'd have Listen to Gareth Southgate in the last year or the last 10 months since Phillips came into the squad. Interestingly, he said he was going to get him into the squad even when he was in the championship. You know, had, had COVID not come along and the Euro has been postponed last summer. Um, but even on the basis of that one game, you know, and, and again, obviously, it, it's, we're all guilty all the time. That's part of the fun of things, isn't it? It's making judgments on, on on one particular game. But on that particular game yesterday, the way Rice was so disciplined in in sitting back and breaking up play and 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 obviously the contribution of Phillips, which has been well documented, it's hard to, you know, they are the future. The, the, that midfield pairing is the future of England. You know, so whether or not Henderson comes in, I don't know. But Henderson would be, you know, he brought on Bellingham, as you say yesterday, mm. to sort of basically to manage out the game, game, you know, which is which is a great testament to to Bellingham's maturity, um, considering he doesn't turn 18 until two weeks' time, 29th of June, I think, isn't it? Um, wow. And um, which, which which is which is 18th birthday, that's when England could be playing their, their first knockout game. But to have Henderson available to actually do the job that he sent on Bellingham to do, 
late on yesterday would be a bonus. But I can't see now that Henderson, right at this moment, disturbs that partnership of Phillips and Rice. But then, and, you know, I, I know what you guys are saying about, about you know, it's not going to be one with the 11 or 12 players at tournaments. I mean, yeah, granted. I mean, I, I do come back to the weekly reminder that Liverpool once won a league with 14 players all season. Oh, Andy, you know, Andy, I've never mentioned this before. But anyway, but, oh, but no, obviously it's all different. They all need a rest. But I mean, they're only playing a game every five days. But but what mm. I was going to say is that you look at Phillips and Rice, and, 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 you know, and that sort of player, Mason Mount even, and, you know, and you think to yourself, I don't know. I mean, I mean, you know, they don't look, you know, they look absolutely, you know, full of running basically. But yeah, I understand mm. that you're probably going to have to, 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 to rest them. But the temptation surely is after a performance like that and, you know, five days for, re, re, you know, recuperation and getting, I mean, I, I'm not sure you need to make that many changes. The challenge for Southgate is to, by the point of getting to the last 16, he needs to know exactly what his best and strongest team is because that is going to be the pivotal game yeah. of the whole tournament. We're going to play either Germany, Portugal or France and that is going to decide how far we go. I mean, it's going to be, if we can get through that round, who knows what can happen. If we go out, obviously it's a huge disappointment. So I think if you can keep everyone fit, play around a bit and he's got a bit of luxury now because he's won his first game so he can just have a little tweak here and yeah. there in the last two games and see, build towards that game um, at the start of the it's, knockout phases. I mean, it's, and, and the other side of that as well, of course, what's, I mean, whether or not this should play a part, you, you know, he, he's also got to keep players motivated. I mean, our Ben Chilwell and Jaden Sancho feeling, you know, last Well, night, I, I was going to come on to that. I think that's the cool. really I thought you might have interesting point. I mean, I just, you know, let's open this up as the next topic, yes. perhaps, you know, because I think that is a fascinating dynamic. And you know what? Sometimes I can be, you know, not 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 the brightest and don't see the wood for the trees. You don't say anything, Matt. No comment there. But um, but basically, <laughs> when when this was announced, I'm thinking 26. Yeah, that makes it that, that that's that's a good idea. You know, basically COVID season, difficult, you know, all the preparation, yeah, it gives you a bit of extra leeway, have a man in. The one thing that we all knew about, so it's not new, we shouldn't be surprised about what happened yesterday, mm. was that, and, and sometimes you don't see the wood for the trees, is that before each and every game, you've got two goalkeepers on the bench, according to the rules, but three players are going to be missed out. Harry Maguire's injured at the moment, but the cut for Chilwell and Sancho, was so brutal, absolutely mm. so brutal. Bearing in mind we've spent <laughs> spent the last month or so saying we've got too many right backs. Well, they all make it and the left back gets cold. I yeah. mean, you know, and then Sancho's on the brink of joining Man United, what, for £70 million. Egos are going to be seriously put out of joint here. If we are talking about the harmonious nature of 2018 and how everyone was happy, in the World Cup, everyone pulling in the same direction, everyone together. I, I think this has got disaster written all over. Please don't. It's not only England, clearly, but you know, I actually think it makes a lot of sense that Spain didn't take their full allocation. Absolutely, and I understand. And it now seems much clearer to me why Southgate certainly didn't want it because he didn't want it, did he? Well, he didn't have to take it. <laughs> I mean, he, he, he didn't have to take it. It's okay saying beforehand, oh, I don't think it's a good idea, and then saying, well, I have twenty six anyway. He should have done it. He should have done it. And it was a bad idea from UEFA in the first place anyway. If they want to make some allowances for COVID, then just say you can have 23. 
but that we relax the sort of guidelines on 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 replacements that you can call in replacements mm. maybe during the tournament, you know, yeah. and, and just basically relax the the regulations surrounding that. You know, what's the point of the twenty six? The point is now that you've got two arguably world class players, you know, who don't even feel part of the match day squad. You know, you're not on the bench, and 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 blind, there's twelve people on the bench. It's like mm. you know, and and also it tells them where they are in the pecking order, you know, and where they are in, you know, they're, they're behind, you know, players they might have thought they're behind. They're behind, you know, with, with all respect, you know, Bakayi Saka, who maybe Chilwell thinks, well, I should be ahead of him down that left-hand side. They're thinking, well, Henderson, you know, is not fully fit yet. He's, he's in there. And Jaden Sancho, you know, as I say, I was surprised that he was in no one's real sort of discussion about starting 11 and some people, Maybe did have him in that discussion. Well, he's not. He's not in the first twenty-three. He's not in the first twenty-three of Southgate's choice. I think it was a bad idea to take twenty-six in the first place, and and this is what you're going to have to deal with. Unfortunately, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it's not going to be a massive issue in terms of you know the twenty-three are in the squad will be happy. But it, it's you know mm. if I think he's probably assumed that he'll have more fitness worries than maybe he has. I mean, as far as I know, there doesn't seem to be any fitness repercussions from yesterday. I think they were talking, weren't they, about a slight knock to, I don't know, was it Harry Kane or, or, or a, a slight knock? They were checking on a couple of knocks um, today, but I, I don't think it was um, anything serious. So, you know, it, it will be in a situation probably again on Friday where two players are told, like, you know, you can come, but you're not going to be part of it. I think it's a lot more bigger an issue for yeah. Chilwell, though, John, than um, Sancho. I mean, look, Sancho's a great player. And yeah, it was a surprise that he wasn't in the squad, but obviously we all know how many options he's got going forward. <laughs> the, the Chilwell situation staggering because yes. he only, won the, he only won the Champions League just over two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Probably, you know, at the high, highlight of his career, we spoke to him at St George's Park. He said he felt... <laughs> Pretty much unbeatable. Felt like Superman. Wanted to go and help England win the Euros. Yeah. The first game comes, and he's, and he's you know, and he's not even on the bench. Not only that, he's picked a left back. Uh, he's picked a right back at left back. I mean, yeah. that's that's gonna that's gonna leave you crushed. That it's got to leave mm-hmm. you crushed. Unless it's been managed. Can I just say, it do, it wouldn't surprise me, and I'm only speculating here. That Southgate spoken to him said, "Look, I want to put Trippier in, who's more defensive minded." Because Tyrone Mings needs someone close to him who's not going to go bombing forward. Um, so Ben, you know, I'm going to stick Luke Shaw on the bench because I want you to be refreshed and focused because you know Trippier's not going to be able to play back-to-back fullback stints. So I want you to play left back against Scotland. Is it beyond the realms that, that Southgate's done that? So, it, so you, what? So you think is it beyond the realms of possibility that Chilwell didn't make the 23 for the Croatia game but start against Scotland? Yeah, I'm asking that. Yeah, yeah, it's, I it's be, uh, that's the way Southgate's managed it because he's got three. Uh, left. It'd be fascinating if it, it fascinating if he did. What and Sancho wide right? I, I don't know about Sancho's different because he's mm. you know a lesser player, but Chilwell's come in and just won the Champions League, and it's just you know. What about Luke Shaw though, Matt? You know, because well, ultimately, like, unless, unless he's actually yeah, Southgate. Yeah. Oh, Luke Shaw's my first choice. Left footed. Yeah. Because so, I'm, I'm just thinking, you see, five five minutes into the game, I'm talking hypothetics now here. Obviously, you know, Kieran Trippier basically pulls up with a with a hamstring, for example, and they're basically because he's making a sprinting run. Well, who'd you bring on? It has to be Luke Shaw. 
Yeah. And then Luke Shaw plays, you know, 85 minutes of the game. And then, then, you know, ultimately what I'm saying is that if you if you're on the bench, you def, I think you are clearly defined as, as a head yeah. of the guy that's not even made the squad. I understand what you're saying, but it adds to the whole dynamic. It really does, doesn't it? Mm. I think it goes back to Southgate, doesn't it? How brutal he is. Listen, mm. if, we, if we're going to win this tournament and we've got, you know, I'd say an outside chance of winning it, Southgate's going to have to be brutal with some players. Yeah. They're, they're just going to have to accept it. You know, yes. I know they've got big egos and everything, but it's tough. You know, if, if you, you've, got to, you've got to back the manager, accept what he's decided, and mm. if they keep winning games... We're just going to have to say, well, look, he's getting things right. Yeah. I, I just don't think he'll play Trippier against Scotland on left back. I think he'll expect more of his fullbacks going forward against Scotland, yeah. and therefore will pick a left-footed left back. So it was just a thought that perhaps that's yeah. the back done. Yeah, Matt, um, do you go? Do you go more attacking generally? Do you change it up yeah, against Scotland? Do you go go for it more? Yeah, I think where you can, you've got to. I I, mm. I still think that I don't see Phillips and. Rice playing seven games is the heart. however good they <laughs> they're not going to play seven games. So if you're going to rest them for one of them, you pick one of the next two games to rest them. Um, and uh, <laughs> uh, uh, and we rest them players already. We've only won one. Yeah, I, <laughs> I was thinking more of the implications or how we've been perceived no, if you start hey, resting players against no, Scotland. No, no one, no one that the rest of the world looks at us and thinks good old arrogant <laughs> English. We're resting players now when we sneak the one 0 against Croatia. I'm going to keep Sean for the semi final. I'm going to keep the powder dry for the semi finals. I still think laugh what you like, but. With five substitutes, it's a game changer because if it isn't yeah. working, you bring someone in off after twenty minutes. Because we've said that Southgate's, you know, uh, is is strong enough to do that, bold enough. You know, you give Henderson a game, say, right, come on, prove that you're fit. Uh, uh, and if it backfires terribly and we're under the cosh from Scotland, you say, right, Phillips, on you go. You know, you've busted up on Sunday, you're going to have to do it again. Uh, and yeah, fair enough. But it's, it's, it's a squad thing. They're looking at even adopting five substitutes going forward from this. It's not just a special thing. It changes the game completely because if you don't use those five subs, you're not using your resources properly. Matt, let's get one uh, thing clear. How many titles Liverpool won with six, with 11 players? and 14 players it was. It's not the way the game is. And you, you win it and you use those tactics over a season. Everyone's doing it in the Premier League and you know, we're used to it. I don't understand why suddenly come a more this is like an intense this is Christmas period for 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 a Premier League side in terms of the run of fixtures. Uh, and suddenly we're saying, well no, we've got to get you know choked to death eleven same players and, and let them get on with it. I should just Matt, Matt, can I just be clear playing Sunday forward. then they're playing Friday, you know. Matt yeah. moving forward, just to be clear, Sir Calvin is not is not droppable. He's undroppable. Is he the Yorkshire Perlow? Did someone say that once? I think that's a bit disrespectful <laughs> to Calvin Phillips, like him to Perlow. He's far better. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to say, he was, he was, he, he was incredible. Yes, I, did, I know. I'm not just saying that because I wrote a piece about him, but just, I just thought he was. He, he really sort of thought he looked like a player really appreciated being in a, in a major tournament for England. So probably thought this might never happen to me. <laughs> And he just busted his balls from start to finish. Yeah. There was so much ground in that heat. Could have scored a goal, created the winning goal, just really sort of outplayed everyone else in midfield. A real sort of a watershed moment for his career, I think. That. Just amazing. I thought it was absolutely terrific. Absolutely terrific. And if you think about how, it. How do we st- if you had to characterise the game on Friday, 
there's going to be so much hype. There's going to be so much written and said about it. And, and understandably so, I can't wait for the game on Friday. But if you had to characterise this game, England, Scotland, Battle of Britain, you know, England, if you go on rankings, you know, they have to have to be favourites. But we all know it's never, never that straightforward. I mean, you only have to look back at that game at hand and when, you know, Lee Griffith scores and, you know, and Kane rescues England. And, yeah, you know, right. it was so it was so near to defeat. And <laughs> is it a Premier League game? Is it a local derby? How do we see it? And, 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 ultimately, and ultimately, what decides this game? Because if anyone thinks that it's going to play out like the, the rankings tell us at the moment, it, you know, they're sadly mistaken, aren't they? They really are. Mm. I think you know, it sounds very simplistic to say, but I think you're probably right. It, it, it is, well, I mean, it's a Premier League game in the sense that probably about I don't know, you know, three quarters, seventy five percent of 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 the of the twenty two players on the pitch will will be Premier League players. You know, it, it, it's it's as simple as that. So to that extent, it is. And then if you look at if, if you compare those Premier League players, you might just say it's a it's almost again sounds simplistic, but it's the equivalent of a of, of a of a a Premier League side that say might be fighting for the Champions League spot against the Premier League side that you would expect to be fighting for your Europa League spot, and that's in no way being disrespectful to Scotland, but that's just probably the standard of of, of the players that, that you've got involved. You know, you, you know what it is. It is. You can get I've seen Jimmy laughing his head off in the corner screen. You know, it, it, England have, you know, the Premier League's golden boot winner in, in, in their team. No disrespect you know, to Scotland, but... It, it, no, 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 but it's not at all, is it? And, and, and that's put them very close in terms of, like, you know, I'm trying to make the Premier League sort of, like, drawn-out Premier League comparison. But, you know, England have the Premier League's golden boots and the Premier League's top assist maker. Yeah. You know, England, England have, Garvin you know... Four. Three of three, but yeah, well, let's go. I was gonna, England have sort of, um, you know, what who will start? So it'll be Walker, England have three players from the from the champions of England, you know, so they so they have in, in a way a sort of a slightly higher what we deem as as higher ranked Premier League players, but not by much. You, you, you know, Scotland have have arguably, you know, the best fullback, the best left back, um. In the Premier League, uh, Scotland well, have Tierney, who plays, who plays left back. Uh, uh, well, uh, and Scotland, Scotland have a central midfielder who has become an important player for Manchester United. You know, so it's it, it, it's closer on, on, on to that extent. Scotland's but, you midfield know, is top. It's Scotland's yes. midfield is good, really. Good. Yeah, but but, but and, and, like, you know, I, I'm, I know Jeremy going on about about the Yorkshire Perlow, but you know he is. I mean. You know, there's similar clubs that these teams are playing for. For example, in midfield, I mean, Phillips and Rice. I'm sure. I'm sure if they carry on like this, there'll be, there'll be plenty of interest from elsewhere. But they are essentially, you know, you know, the, 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 England's midfield is based around you know Leeds and West Ham, which probably hasn't happened for for some time. You know, and Scotland have a, a, a fantastic, you know, um, central midfield where they where they have you know McGinn of Aston Villa and Scott McTominay of Manchester United. It's 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 close, but England do have more quality in depth, and I think Scotland Dunny. will accept that. But it's going to be, you know, Dunny, How many Scotland players were against England team? I can well, Andy Robertson certainly against England team. I mean, yeah, when we play right back to left back, I, I suspect that Andy Robertson would get in the team. I think Scott McTominay would be would certainly be um, certainly be in, in, in with the shout getting into the squad without a doubt. I don't know whether he'd be ahead of 
of Phillips or Rice um, for selection or, or Henderson, but he'd certainly he'd certainly be there. Tierney as well would, would I would have thought you, you know have a shout. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably the thing just, is, John, the, the beauty McGinn, of- McGinn. No, come on. Uh, no, I don't really think of it. Yeah, I, I think McGrimm would. The beauty of this game is if England won 2 or 3 nil, you'd leave Wembley thinking, well, oh, you know, I'm not, you wouldn't leave Wembley sh- surprised. But if Scotland no. came and all guns blazing and scraped a 1 nil win, you'd think, well, actually, these yeah. things can happen. You wouldn't be equally be surprised either. So it's, it's, I know it's a cliche, but this sort of fixture is a classic example of how. If Scotland come down to England uninhibited, um, not intimidated by England, it could could be a belting game. You know, they've got nothing yeah. to lose. No one expects them to win. If they use that to their advantage, Scotland, they can turn England over. But nine times yeah. out of ten, England should win because they've got the more quality in the team. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Man City playing. To, to go back to what Andy said, it's like probably Man City playing Aston Villa this fixture. Yeah, yeah, it, 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 it's similar. And if you want to, you know, by any metric, really, to say you were to add up the, you know, potential value of the two squads, as, as in what they would be worth realistically on the transfer market. Clearly, that gap is probably even wider than than, than any other gap you care to point out. You know, if you were, if England's players were available on the market, um, on the club market, they would clearly be worth an awful lot more than, than, than Scotland's players. So, so they've got that gap to bridge. But don't forget as well, Scotland have, and I, and I, I, I don't know about you, John, but I think, you know, one of the, you know, it, when you're looking at, you know, sort of canny coaches, then Steve Clark has to be right up there. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, a superb operator. Always had a lot of time for the work that he's done and and he's doing it now. He's done it gradually with Scotland to a certain extent. But, you know, always admired of what he's done. Mm-hmm. Tell you what as well, Cross, if Scotland lost, lose today to the Czechs, then they really have to go for it at Wembley, don't they, on Friday? They, they have to. They have to. Really. Yeah, look, they do. I mean, I have to say, you know, it's sort of kind of, you know, the Wales game, that's why that, that you know, the equaliser and then the let-off at the end, maybe I call it the let-off, but, you know, it's basically, you know, Wales did well to get a point out of that game yeah. because, you know, the group dynamics mean you lose that first game, if, you know. <sighs> Listen, we all talk about how it's difficult not to qualify from, from the groups. But we all we're all realists that when you're in the thick of it, you're all thinking, "Oh my God, how can this go wrong?" Basically, and you're thinking <laughs> out whys and wherefores and the formulas of how it how it can indeed go wrong. Because you know, there's going to be two two teams that are going to miss out basically from from the third place qualifying. So it's you know, it's it's not it's not quite as simple as that. And it's um, three points get you the best place there, doesn't it? Surely, it I mean, surely probably. I mean, it, you know, looking at the dynamics now, England are surely through, right? I mean, it's just, yeah, it's just, it's much just much. in the back. I mean, they've beaten the, the other hardest team. So maybe if they beat Scotland and draw with the Czechs or the other way around, then, you know, then, yeah. then that surely wins them the group. But anyway, we'll, 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 we'll yeah. see. But guys, just wanted to go around the room and also just say about what your, you know what your early takeaways are from the from the tournament. Really, it's just. I mean, I must say, I was blown away by Italy Friday night. I thought that Italy would be mm. would be challenges, would be dangerous in this tournament. There's absolutely no reason in, in there um, to change my mind. In fact, I think that belief is only strengthened because I thought that going forward that'd be an issue. Well, what do I know? Basically, that you know they mm. they, they blitzed Turkey. Um, and it's, you know, what, what's been your standout moments or what's been your sort of impressive thing so far at this tournament? 
Yarmolenko's goal for me last night was, was one of the standout moments. I got home from Wembley. Great game. And I, I, I was, uh, and I got home at half time. So, so it was nil nil, obviously. And I thought, well, I'll have a look at this. And, and, um, and it was brilliant. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. I think the standard football's been excellent. I'll tell you one thing I have taken from it so far as well mm. is that the referee has been absolutely first class. I mean, absolutely right. first class. I mean, I, I, I yeah. can't think of an incident where I've looked at it and thought, or he's made a right rick there, or why don't you go to VAR there, or whatever. I, you know what? I, I've barely noticed the VAR even in operation. The ref I mean, it's interesting, the isn't it? The way they go. Hmm? I thought the referee was good yesterday. He let the game try superb. and flow. Yep. You know, there's an incident, I think, where Modric went down under a challenge where you thought that might have been a foul, and you said, you know, get, get up, mate. What? Crack on. Yeah. It's great to see that, actually. You, just, you want to see football, though. You don't want to see stoppages and all that. But obviously, yeah. the one thing, obviously, which stands out is is something we'd hope we'd never be talk wanting to talk about and that was the um Ericsson yeah. incident mm. obviously in um Copenhagen when for a, a few horrendous minutes we thought he might have lost his life after collapsing on the pitch. So, you know, hopefully that won't be the defining moment of the tournament and thankfully it looks like he's on the mend, but that could have been we could have been having a whole different conversation this morning if things had have been different. Yeah, I would t- I'll tell you the the, the intervention the heroic nature of the you know it's a couple of days ago now but really should praise it of the yeah. uh, of the Denmark captain Simon Kjær I mean wow yeah. you know I mean not only does he you know come to his aid no, I was listening to I think Peter Schmeichel on the radio yesterday morning talking about you know he sounded so emotional so you know, he'd spoken to his son Casper the previous night and, um, you know, saying that how Casper had sort of gone to comfort um, Ericsson's uh, partner who was up in the stands who'd come down to the pitch and, you yeah. know, she thought he'd lost his life. And, you know, it was, it was Casper went across and sort of kind of double-checked that he was okay and comforted her. And the emotions of that was just... It, well, it doesn't. It, it it just doesn't doesn't bear thinking about what a super player, what a super talent, and uh, you know, it's. Um, I have yeah, to say it, that I was surprised the game the game carried on. Me too. I'm, I'm amazed I didn't say, look, let's just have a point, call it a draw, one point each. Mm. Yeah, I don't think that's a good look when you're finishing off a game. Well, that's no, UEFA, isn't it? It's UEFA. Yeah. Never underestimate their ability to make an absolutely crass, incorrect mm. decision. They've done it all the way through. Football, they played games on nine eleven, yeah, um, they, and they they didn't even call the ones off the next night until halfway through the morning. Um, you know, they've always how on earth players can be expected to play that night? All told, well, do you know what? If you can't play nice, say, yeah, have a bit, of, try and get a bit of kip, and we'll come back tomorrow morning for a noon kickoff. How's that a solution? You mm-hmm. know, it, it should have been a genuine option whether to play the game or pro- properly postpone it. But I just thought that whole thing just felt inhuman. However yeah. much that, um, you know, Christian Exxon, and this year of all years, with everything we've gone to, yeah. to try to show that football can beat, you know, humanity can win against, you know, life and death situations, that we can still try and thrive, however awkward the six circumstances, that, you know, we're trying to battle here on a world scale against something that's, that's trying to kill us. Uh, and then mm. some decision like that, and you say, "Well, oh, come on, you know, have a have a quick kip, and then we'll go again tomorrow." Or, or do you know, should we just get on with it? And 
I mean, what's what's that? I mean, who's who's the ogre that's making that sort of a decision? Because it's completely wrong in the circumstances. Yeah, I totally agree with you, Matt. I totally, totally, absolutely, <laughs> totally agree with you. It was as, as Peter Schmeichel said on on you know, on that interview. It's twelve o'clock the next day was about TV schedules, and how yeah. how, how Christ is that? I mean, it's 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 you know. Well, the Danish terrible. manager actually said, didn't he? Some of his players were just in a in a world of their own. They couldn't. Yeah. Could barely pass the ball around because they were just mm. obviously their minds were elsewhere. They were thinking about the friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, it, looking back in retrospect, I think there's an element of desperation amongst UEFA. This, this, this tournament has you know been delayed already by a year, and I think that yeah. I must say my my thought was you know if something if the, if the unthinkable had happened, then surely the tournament goes by the wayside. Nothing else matters. Uh, well, does it, have been the right thing to do, but you know what? Yeah. I think all four of us around this chat know. Yeah, no, that, that wouldn't, wouldn't have happened. Wouldn't have happened. No, no, no. And that would have had that would have headed down a road there, which would have been one you should never even have to go down. No, no, no. It was, um, yeah, terrible. Was, yeah. Thank, thank, thank God he's. Um, thankfully, he's on the mend, isn't he? With so, us. Yeah, yeah. You know, absolutely. And we can no. Hopefully, look forward to some. I mean, there's been some cracky games so far. Yeah, oh, I think we said last week, didn't we? It should be a great tournament. There's some great teams in this tournament, and it, oh, we've not even seen the likes of France yet. So, you know, no. some of the big guns, uh, Spain haven't played. So, I don't know. It's, you, you know, Belgium, we're probably a half pace, and yeah. you know, we, we, we've seen, and, and I'm so pleased for Lukaku. Like, you know, a player I've admired for a long, long time. I always think that he was unfairly maligned at Manchester United, um, and I think it cost them, you know, um, their inability to get the best out of him. And you know, I think the world and his wife have probably backed him to be top scorer, haven't they? For the um, for the tournament, and that probably will be the case. So I think Belgium are, are pretty much half pace. I thought I thought were good, and, and as you say, you know, it, it'll be great to see a, a, a rejuvenated um, Italy. And wasn't Mancini the coolest coach on the touchline there? I mean, you know, just absolutely immaculate. You know, and it's just 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 old school Italy, isn't it? You know, even if they weren't any good, you know, it would be. Very, very stylish. I don't want to just caricature nations, but he was, you know, the most no. stylish coach <laughs> on the touchline. Or whatever. Oh, no, the pale blue jacket, with even with the blue watch and whatever, it's fantastic, loved it. Yeah. I, I am you, a follower of fashion, as you well know. Well, it's interesting, isn't it? That basically, I do think that some of the, some of the, uh, some of the pundits, I have to say, listen, I was at the England game yesterday, but it's like, you know, I, just, I don't know. I was watching some of the, some of the sort of kind of coverage and some of, the, some of the, you can see some of the pundits have clearly done so much research on it, basically broken down formations, broken down sort of, you know, uh, you know, particular players, you know, who's the influence. Oh my God, you know, some of the pundits also, I think it just, Get into such generalizations just drives me mad, you know. Basically, yeah, about just like how, me, but Italy, about, then, yeah. Well, I know, no, yeah, it's no, not no, that no, really. Yeah. It's just like, it's just, you know, it just feels like, you know, just, I don't know, if you're on national TV, surely you go and sort of kind of go beyond saying what they used to play like, oh, they're known for this, or kind of they used to be about this, or kind of, you know, thinking, oh, they, they're, they're hard teams to beat. Come on, give us a bit more insight. Look, just like follow it remotely. You see some sort of kind of, you know, coverage of the insight that sort of former England players, it was obviously at Wembley, but some of the insight the England players, would, you know, former England players and pundits during that game would give it. It was a totally different level, isn't it? Totally different yeah. ball game. You know, yeah, and I just think you know, a lot, a, a lot, a, a lot of love for um, Tilsey and McCoy. I noticed last night. 
Yes, yes, yes. Isn't isn't Ali McCoy just the perfect partner, basically? Uh, I, I didn't. I, I wasn't listening to the quick. commentary. I was just actually watching the. I don't know my monitor, but yeah. So I noticed a lot of love for those players. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and rightly so, rightly so. But there you go. But guys, I was just going to finish off with maybe um, a little bit of a uh, a light-hearted moment, shall we? And um, I, I don't yeah. know what, what what should we think about? Should we think about sort of kind of the England Scotland games of the sort of the past, or kind of you know what 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 to take out of you know our, 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 what do we think you know it's sort of a few recollections. <laughs> Yeah, from from the past, I know it's a few oh, days away, but well, well that's, that's that Scott- the year when the fans invaded Wembley and snapped the crossbar and nicked half the pitch. That was that yeah. was quite a controversial incident, wasn't it? What year was that? I can't. I'm trying to look it look it up, but they, I, that that image of that that fan on the crossbar just yeah. throwing snaps is quite iconic, isn't it? Never Obviously, we won't see any of that um, on Friday night, but. Um, it's just a shame, actually, that Wembley's not packed to the rafters on Friday. Isn't it? Yeah. Now the atmosphere yeah. was great on um, yesterday. <laughs> it was good yesterday. It was good but, yesterday. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> if, if there was ninety thousand inside Wembley on Friday, it'd be one hell of an occasion. Too. Yeah, I'm not sure it'll be the biggest shame, to be fair. But, but no, it is. Yeah, I know what you mean. What but it would be a bit lively Friday night, wouldn't it? Oh, um, yeah, 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 a little bit lively Friday night, a little bit lively in there. Uh, Trafalgar Square. Lively Wednesday night as well. I, yeah, I, I would have thought. But um, I, 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 we were talking in the Scotland games. I mean, John, we mentioned that game before up at Hamden when Harry Kane mm-hmm. equalised, Lee Griffiths got those two. Do you remember that game? It was just brilliant. I mean, it yeah. was just, there was an iconic picture. And again, without wishing to, <laughs> wishing to caricature people, there's an iconic picture. That's how the game was celebrating that equaliser. And in mid-air was that half bottle of scotch, wasn't there? Sort yeah. of like twirling its way towards them. I thought, this is just brilliant. If you could actually make it... It is a picture that can caricature a situation. It was that. But that was brilliant. I mean, the atmosphere there, again, it would be great with that. And I think, it, you know, it's going to be great for the games at Hamden. You know, and I didn't notice that. So, you know, once, I mean, I, I, um, I was looking at what... You know, each nation is allowed to pick three songs, isn't it, that they can play beforehand? Right. And they come up on the screen, don't they? And England rather imaginatively have picked three lions, World in Motion and and Vindaloo by but whatever Les's name is, like, you know, which is you know, suggests exactly. we're stuck in we're stuck in a certain decade called the nineteen nineties. I'm I'm not entirely sure that was like the most progressive thing. <laughs> but among Scotland's choices is obviously the proclaimers, like, you know, and and, and wouldn't that be great to have that belting out and whatever. And remember that day, it was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Their fans were absolutely superb that day. So bear in mind, England score, um, I think Oxlade Chamberlain scores, doesn't he? Lee Griffiths scores two free kicks within the space of a, a few minutes, wasn't it? Mm. I can't remember. What, they were almost identical as well. Yeah, yeah. what keeper waved? It was what keeper waved them in? I mean, they were okay, weren't they? But but I mean, I can't yeah. remember what keeper was. I think it was Joe Hart, wasn't it? I think, I think it probably was. I don't want to do him a disservice, but I remember thinking, yeah. But anyway, and they were that ecstatic. You remember you sat in the press box and you're surrounded by these Scottish fans and they were that ecstatic, literally. They were jumping up and down singing. They were they, they were doing 500 miles. They were doing 500 miles more and then 500 miles on top. And, they, and dancing or whatever. And then Harry Kane bundles in that, so last minute equaliser, and I swear they didn't even notice that England had scored. You know, I was I was in Glasgow at like ten o'clock that night. You know, and and and, 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 and the punters there still thinking Scotland have won. Like, yeah. You know, it's like and I, it was it was brilliant, and and that's what you'll miss about those occasions. It would have been, I, I, and I just think you're right to that same extent. But um, 
But just quickly on on, on a completely different subject about um, what, what's when you say what's been funny about the start of these tournaments, whatever, is that car bringing the ball on? Oh yes, yes, yes. Good I mean, show. what is that all about? And that and that and that always takes me back to to, to Graham Paul when the three yellow car gigs. The first, I, it always amazes me why we have to have now something. Why can't you just take the ball under your arm and put it on the centre spot? I remember in 2003 going to cover David Beckham's um, first games in Real Madrid, right? So it was a pre-season tour to the Far East. And his first yeah. game for Real Madrid was in the Workers' Stadium in Beijing. I'll never yeah. forget it because they had no desk for the, for, for the press or whatever. We weren't overly welcome there. Damn. We had to like, do it on a sort of stone floor. But anyway, it's, sort of the, 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 it's about to be kickoff. And bear in mind, this is how nothing's new. This is 18 years ago. And we're waiting for the game to kick off, and there's no ball. I mean, I mean, there is no football to kick off with. And next minute, you hear the, it sounds like apocalypse now, like there's this wearing of helicopter blades and this big sort of spotlight. This helicopter appears, like, you know, just above the stadium, and this little ball comes down on a parachute. I kid you not, on a parachute, and sort of lands gently on the center's path. Parachute releases itself, and they kick off. And I thought, that's the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. And now, 18 years later, I'm seeing a little control, like remote control car taking the ball in. I mean, it's just absolutely... And why Didn't Why it. do we need that gimmick? Yeah. And Graham Paul, the two yellow, the three yellow cards game, I remember sat in that stadium and we get the monitors and that was the first time the balls were put on plinths, you know, yeah, as yeah. they come out yeah. as some sort of like, you know, I mean, why? Uh, it's when match balls became a thing. And Graham Ball, before that game, Graham Ball picked up the ball and kissed it. He kissed the ball, you know, whatever. I mean, I, and you thought to yourself, I mean, that is, if there was a Graham Ball thing to do, that was it. He kissed the ball. And I'm just like, what, mate? What are you doing? And then went out and gave three yellow cards. Like, I just thought that was entirely fitting. But anyway, so I wonder how next we'll get the ball to the centre spot. Yeah, he lost the plot. Does anyone remember Sorry. the stretchers on stretchers on wheels? Was that USA ninety four? Wasn't it? I yeah. think the gimmicks. Mate, honestly, we should do. It. I mean, some of the gimmicks in football. What are the gimmicks? That one was an absolute classic. I, I think this one, but with the ball, it's just incredible. Yeah, is no, it Brian Ross as a gimmick? Because that was a famous. Oh, yes. oh, absolutely! No, it is. That's that's another great major tournament faux pas, isn't it? Yeah. I think it's unbelievable. That's the goal, but actually went wide. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Love it, love it. Well, thank well, you guys. No, no, no. We've got another. Come up with next. I don't know. I'm just wondering what they will do next. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely, guys. Thanks so much for joining. It's um, you know, it's it, it feels very, very good to be doing it after after an England win. I'm sure it wouldn't have been so so much fun if it had been after a, a negative result. But um, but yeah, let's hope we're in a position. Plenty of time for that, mate. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Let's hope we're in an equally uh, equally joyous mood next week. <laughs> hope for the best. Um, anyway, guys. See you later in the week. Thanks so much, uh, indeed, for uh, for joining. And um, uh, yeah, catch you soon. 